Hey all, this is Cassie, the host of Everybody. And ever since I can remember, I've been obsessed with how the human body works and how no matter what stage in life you're at, you can make amazing changes. Together, we're going to deep dive into topics like disease, nutrition, mental health, and more, all with a focus on how we can take steps toward living healthier, happier lives. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in again. I just want to start out by just saying a really, really big thank you to everyone out there that is listening. I've gotten a lot of feedback. Um, I really appreciate hearing from you guys after you listen to an episode, knowing what you thought, how it made you feel, what questions you have that I didn't answer, and on and on. So please feel free to reach out to me um, on Instagram at trainer under slash Cassie. It'll be in the show notes. I really would love to hear what you'd have to say. And thank you so much for all the rating and reviewing you've done. And make sure you just keep on sharing this with anyone that you know will love it as much as you are. Okay, so today is the last episode of our series on pain. It was one I didn't intend to include when I first planned our series, but as we went on, I decided that this is something that I definitely want to share with you because I know many of you have come from similar places or have been similar places or had similar experiences. So today, I am going to share with you my pain story, and and we all have... Um, a pain story. Those of us that do experience pain, I've talked about it and referenced it a few times in the last few episodes. So um, today I'm trying to share my pain story with you and incorporate some education inside of it too. Um, this is the first episode that I really did pre-write out word for word uh, because there is so much going on and I'm going to try to keep it streamlined for you going all in one direction. But forgive me if I tend to spiral off a little bit. I promise I'll get back on track. So the reason that I really wanted to talk about pain is because chronic pain has been a defining factor in my life. Growing up and into my adulthood, my experiences have really been formed and encompassed not only by chronic pain, but by the addiction that comes with it as well. For today's episode, we're just going to focus on pain itself. I'm not going to go too deep into the addiction Um, factors that have surrounded my life. I really just kind of want to focus on the pain part of it. Uh, You can't really separate one from the other, but uh, at least for now, I'm going to try, and I'm doing that for two reasons. Um, One is our next series actually is going to be about opioids, and so I plan to open up a little bit more about um, addiction and the addiction that I've seen in my life surrounded by opioids. Um, but I'm also trying to be respectful of people that I'm referencing in, in sharing my life experience and my pain story. And so I'm trying to kind of balance sharing my story and also respecting privacy of others at this point. So for today's episode, we're just focusing on pain itself. So as a young child, some of my earliest memories of others being in physical pain are mostly memories of my mom. Uh, She was a legal secretary for many years, and I remember her always complaining about her sore feet. She wore high heels all day. Uh, We didn't have a car, so she walked us to bus stops, you know, walked us to drop us off at school or daycare. She'd take the bus downtown, probably walk blocks to get to her office, all in high heels. You know, it was the late 80s, early 90s, just how it was. Um, And as time went on, my mom would definitely mention her back pain. And that always seemed to be what bothered her most was her back. 
Um, I definitely remember hearing about it a lot, not necessarily in a nagging way or an irritating way, um, but it was just how it was. You know, after a long day of work and walking and wearing high heels, her back hurt. And that was just what I understood as the norm, right? You go to work, you come home, and your back hurts. And um, in my brain, that was just how things were. My earliest memories of pain were headaches. So I can remember being very, very young, maybe six years old, seven years old, and experiencing just the worst debilitating headaches, so much so that when I look back now, I would bet they were probably migraines at the time. And my son, who's now 13, has also complained of headaches uh, since he was about that age as well, maybe even younger. So that has been uh, very interesting for me to experience as a mom, now having a child experiencing the same type of pain that I had at a young age as well. Getting into my preteen and teen years, many, many things changed in my family. So my parents divorced when I was about 10. The relationship was definitely over well before that. Uh, what happened was we ensued uh, on losing our house. And um, from the time I was about you know, 10, 11 years old until um, I was old enough to be out on my own, we moved several times, apartment to apartment. Um, my mom and my sister and myself, sometimes my mom had roommates living with us. Sometimes my sister had a boyfriend or a friend living with us. Um, but I would say we probably didn't stay anywhere much longer than a year or two, at least until I got to high school. Um, I would say I experienced kind of the exact opposite of what stability would be throughout my life. And honestly, up until um, my husband and I moved in together when I was about 22 or 23, I probably had zero stability uh, up until that point in regards to just about everything from uh, relationships to having a place to live um, to, you know, you name it. So um, what did help me was I found the game of basketball when I was in middle school, continued to play throughout high school and into my college years. Um, I started to learn really soon that the more I played, the more I lifted weights, the more I did conditioning drills and was just moving my body in general, um, the less I tended to hurt. And so kind of ensued me falling in love with fitness at a very young age, which is where I'm still at today. Um, I move because it helps keep my pain um, at bay. It helps keep me feeling good. Having a bad back or back pain, I would say, appears to be somewhat of a regular occurrence in my immediate family. So both my mom and my sister have chronic back pain, um, as do I. So even though we all have back pain, the three of us have all taken very different approaches to managing that pain. My sister was actually struck by a car when she was about 16 years old or so. She was a pedestrian uh, walking through the street and someone hit her with a car. Uh, she was hurt pretty badly, her and her friends, her boyfriend at the time. And I remember her being in our living room for a really long time while she healed. So we had like a pull-out couch, you know, and that's where... She lived for weeks <laughs> as she healed and started to get better. Um, and even now, she continues to have back pain and physical problems that I would guess stem back to what happened to her back then. I'm not really sure. I've never really asked her if her pain started before that or not, but that memory really sticks out in my mind a lot. So throughout my life, um, I've not only had firsthand experience of consistently seeing others in pain, but also living in a state of not only heightened awareness of pain, 
but heightened stress. And we've talked about in some of the episodes already that our body doesn't differentiate a physical threat by any other kind of threat. So if if our brain feels threatened, we will tend to have pain, even though we may not be in physical uh, danger at the time. So growing up, my parents fought a lot. My dad had a drinking problem, and my mother had her own addictions. And the combination of the two was not a pretty sight. There were evenings where my dad would come home from the bar, and typically I'd wake up to um, yelling between him and my mom. So, you know, my mom would be in bed, he'd come home, they'd fight. Um, there were many evenings where my mom would actually pull my sister and I out of bed and drive us over to my uncle's apartment to sleep over there for the night. So imagine being a child woken up in the middle of the night by your parents yelling, then your mom taking you to go sleep somewhere else. Um, you don't really understand what's going on. Uh, so we'd go to my uncle's apartment and sleep there. His apartment actually happened to be attached to a bar, and the three of us slept on his pull-out couch, and that was just the norm. Uh, I don't really know how many times that happened, if it happened pretty regularly or not. Um, I can't really say because I don't really remember, but I do have several memories of that happening, and that was just kind of the norm for me. So Growing up, it was always just a little uncertain about when one of my parents would be home or the other, if there was going to be arguing, would I have to leave the house in the middle of the night? You know, um, I remember having a lot of anxiety with going to sleep at night. And at the time, obviously, I wouldn't have even thought about it. But now looking back, I was probably just worried about what was going to happen after I did fall asleep. Besides that, um, we definitely lived well below the poverty line. Um, as you can imagine, with parents who do have addiction problems, um, unemployment issues, there was always kind of a heightened state for stress in us and a slight threat just kind of in the air with that. Um, there were times when we didn't have money for groceries or um, even just I'd see other friends being able to go do things, participate on teams or doing stuff that I wanted to do and I just never really could do it because we just didn't have the money to do so. You know, again, knowing what I know now and how your body feels threatened, it creates pain. I, I can remember a lot of my ailments growing up. You know, it makes a lot of sense uh, because I was in a pretty constant state of anxiety uh, from a very young age on. Uh, you know, I don't have a ton of memories but the ones that I do have, um, the greater majority of them are memories of things that happened that were of a negative tone. Um, so, you know, don't get me wrong, I definitely do have some happy memories as a child as well. Uh, playing in the neighborhood with friends, my sister and I played Barbies. When you grow up in a home like I did, I think you don't really realize that what you're experiencing is traumatic or different from what others are experiencing. It's just kind of your normal. Uh, kids don't really know any different. And you just kind of feel like things are how they are. And that's just the way it is. You know, when I was younger, just simple things like my friends weren't allowed to sleep over at my house, but their parents always welcomed me to their house. And I never really understood that until I got older. It makes a lot of sense now. So from childhood on, um, I've definitely experienced migraine headaches, knee pain, uh, neck and back pain, and most recently hip pain. Um, I'm not sure 
how many days I've actually lived without feeling pain. But at the same time, because it has been my norm for so long, I also don't think it affects me the way it would had I have grown up in a more, I don't know if you'd call it normalized or less stressful environment. I think my approach to the way that I experience pain and how I manage it is also very different from those in my family and how they approach controlling their pain. My approach really is that I know that there are many things that will put me in an advantage against the pain that I do have. So it really is that knowledge is power thing, right? So um, knowing the things that I need to do to keep myself in as little pain as possible is something that has helped me quite a bit over the last few years. So some things that I know put me in advantage are number one, I don't smoke. I eat generally pretty well. I maintain a healthy body weight. I exercise and move regularly. And when I do hurt, I don't actually stop any of the things that help. I may alter my movement, meaning maybe I'm not working out super heavy, but I'm still walking and doing yoga, riding a bike, uh, something like that. But I definitely don't stop moving. And that, my friends, is the key to this whole thing. Motion is lotion. Movement is life. Our joints are made to move and compress and be used. And the less we use them, quite frankly, the less they'll be able to be used, right? So if we continue moving, even when we're having a day where our pain is a little flared up, and obviously I'm talking in terms of a chronic type situation of pain, obviously if you injure yourself and your body needs rest, that's a whole different ball game than what I'm talking about here. But I'm talking about the kind of pain that I have every day and that a lot of people experience in their lives every day. Motion and movement are the key to keeping yourself feel well. Now, before we go further, the first thing I mentioned was I don't smoke. And we need to talk about smoking cigarettes because this is something, too, that hits home for me. So I grew up in a house full of smokers. Uh, my mom and my dad were both smokers. My sister started smoking cigarettes at a very young age. Um, and I remember my parents just kind of accepted it and let her do it. Um, all three of them smoked in the house, in the car, pretty much everywhere. So just another norm in my house, as it was in many people's homes, because smoking cigarettes used to be encouraged and normal, right? Um, it was just how it was in many homes. And I, too, experimented with smoking cigarettes in my later high school years, um, because it was just something my family did, and I figured, why not? And fortunately, it really was never anything that truly stuck with me, so I never really was addicted to smoking. I did it for a while, decided it wasn't for me, and then I kind of stopped. And I know it really isn't that easy for most people to quit smoking, but I also don't think I was smoking super regularly either. It was just something I kind of did for a little while because I thought, oh, why not? Every Everybody else does it, right? So, um, but anyways, I want to talk cigarettes and what science has proven to us and what science says. So science says that smoking, especially when you start at a young age, correlates with low back pain. And even more so that smoking actually predicts your risk of having low back pain. Not to mention when you're a smoker, your body is depleted of its normal oxygen supply, and your body needs oxygen. Your cells need nutrients that are delivered through oxygen-rich blood. And when you smoke, 
your blood, is depleted of that oxygen that your body needs. When the discs in your spine don't get enough oxygen, it actually causes degeneration, also known as arthritis. So, long explanation short, if you choose to smoke cigarettes, you will very likely develop back problems. And the younger that you choose to start smoking, the more likely you are to be at risk for back and neck pain. If you have back problems and you are a smoker or around secondhand smoke regularly, it's very likely your back issues will not improve until you remove that smoke from your life or secondhand smoke from your life. So there are many spine surgeons that won't even do surgery on a person until that person is smoke-free for a certain amount of weeks or months because it has such a negative effect on the spine and the healing process. So most surgeons will say, you need to quit smoking before I will do this operation. And it's really sad to see because what I've seen in the hospitals and in the clinic is people do stop to get the surgery. And then as soon as they go home from the hospital, they start up again. And their healing is just so negatively affected. It's really a sad situation. Um, but I digress. So, so no doubt being exposed to secondhand smoke, which definitely also depletes your oxygen supply, um, obviously not as badly as it does for the smoker themselves, will contribute to all kinds of problems from respiratory issues to ear infections to, yes, low back pain and other spine pain, including neck pain and degeneration. I know I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent right now, but I already warned you I was going to do that. But please put the cigarettes down and keep that secondhand smoke far away from your children, your friends, your family members. Now, this whole running theme of back pain in my family has always had me questioning, can back pain be hereditary? Is it learned behavior? Is it something I was going to end up with regardless? Um, I suppose kind of a nature versus nurture <laughs> type of question, right? And the answer, as most nature versus nurture type questions are, a little bit of yes for both, right? So one thing we do know from research is that different cultures experience pain differently. There's also a difference both in the way men and women experience pain, but not only how they experience, but also how they express pain. So men and women express pain differently, and they also express pain differently depending on what culture is native to them as well. So it's actually a very interesting thing. There are some cultures that will look down on people expressing pain. They see it as a weakness, um, whereas others will consider pain to be a big debilitating problem and they encourage people to talk about their pain. So, you know, there's definitely a connection between how you've grown up seeing your family and community relate to pain and how you'll likely experience and relate to pain as well. From one study that I looked at, heritability of clinical pain is about 50% for migraine and tension-type headaches and chronic widespread pain, and about 35% for back and neck pain. So yes, there is some hereditary link. However, if it truly hovers around that 35% for back and neck pain, or even if you go to the higher 50% for chronic widespread pain, we still have 50 to 65% of factors that we can control. So the answer of nature versus nurture for pain, specifically back and neck pain, seems to be yes for both, um, as it is for quite many other things, right? So 
not only does our genetic predisposition um, put us at an advantage or a disadvantage, but also um, a lot of what we do and what we observe and the environment that we're in can make a big difference as well. Knowing this makes me think twice about my personal pain experience and how I choose to express it or not express it to whom and how much I really like to give away. You know, on one hand, I obviously want others to know they're not alone if they're experiencing a more chronic type of pain. Um, At the same time, though, I don't want to talk about it a lot, right? I don't make it the topic of a daily conversation because remember, having my CEO checking in all the time doesn't help. So if you're talking about it all the time and your CEO is checking in all the time, that's only going to make matters worse. Um, So that really is what encouraged me to start talking about this on this podcast, because by sharing it with all of you on this platform, it's an excellent way to get my message out to you without having to repeat it over and over and over. And if you know me or follow my Instagram, you know I'm an athlete at heart. I'm hopelessly in love with the game of basketball. Um, I feel best when I'm lifting weights and running distances that challenge me. I teach group fitness. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a virtual health coach. So by no means do I feel restricted by my daily pain at all. I would honestly actually bet it would be safe to say that those of you that know me personally and are listening to this right now... um, might have never known that I experience chronic pain because I am so active. And generally, I think my disposition is pretty happy and (laughs) engaging. Um, I would say it's probably hard to guess for an outsider to look in and know that uh, I do experience pain on a daily basis. Um, I do, however, look at myself and sometimes imagine a different path I could have followed. Um, And who knows how I would have ended up or where I would have ended up versus where I am now. But I can recall days, even recently, when I've had pain so bad that I could easily have made the choice to curl up on the couch, stay in bed, eat my potato chips all day, and call into work because I just don't want to move. And what if I did do that? What if I decided to give in to this and just gave up? It's actually a really scary thought and... I am a witness to people who have done that and are doing that right now. Um, But where would I be even two to three months from now if I just decided that instead of continuing to do the mental and physical work on myself every single day, that I just decided not to do it anymore, give in and be done. I mean, that would be exactly it. I'd be done. Done being happy, done enjoying the freedom to move when I choose and how I choose, done being a role model for my kiddos and inspiring others to start their journeys or continue their health journeys. And I know some people listening to this, you may have reached that point. Some of you may have just decided it's too hard to be in pain every day, or it's easier to take the opioids and stay home, right? Um, It's easier just to say, well, I've seen three doctors and all three of them say nothing's wrong, so forget it. I'm just going to be done. I'm not doing anything anymore. I'm giving up. But I'm here to tell you specifically that it doesn't have to be that way anymore if you don't want it to be that way. So there is help for you. You just need to find the right avenues. You need to find the right kind of help. You need to take the steps, even if they're small, towards standing back up and fighting again, because you are the only one that can help you. And I've personally seen it happen. I have seen people go from the lowest of lows with their pain to getting up, 
figuring out how to take steps towards feeling better and then doing it and feeling better. Does that mean your pain is going to go away 100%? Probably not. That would be, I'd say, an unrealistic goal. Um, Does that mean that every day is going to be easy? No, it's not. It's going to be a conscious decision every day to do the things that need to be done to get you where you want to be. But guess what? That's what it is for most people. Everyone is working toward improving themselves or avoiding what's trying to push them down. So your challenge might be the pain you feel. Someone else's challenge might be their uh, depression. Someone else's challenge might be a bad relationship, right? We're all experiencing something that we would like to improve or change. And it takes conscious effort and hard work every day to get there. So what I'm here to tell all of you today is you don't have to let pain be the ruler of your life if you don't want it to be. You can change who you are right now from who you were five minutes ago. So that's the coolest thing about being a human is you never have to be the same person you were five minutes ago. So I'm really here to tell you that I am cheering for you and I'm on your team and I know how you feel and I know you've gone through hard things and you have the right to grieve that part of your life, but you also have the right to take charge and not let it rule you anymore either. If you are listening to this and you have chronic pain and you've had it for a while and you're feeling helpless, I'm here to tell you that there is hope that you can feel better, and all you have to do is take the first step toward that. And that first step is up to you. So we've talked about lots of things you can do um, throughout this series, including seeking out a doctor, finding a physical therapist. Maybe it's just joining a gym and walking in a pool and getting yourself moving again. Maybe it's you know taking the medication that was offered to you and you refused as far as maybe an antidepressant or something like that or maybe getting back on it if you took yourself off of it obviously under a doctor's guidance there are steps that you can take you can reach out to a friend just to talk about it you can reach out to me on Instagram and let me know you're ready to get moving again there are so many things that you can do and trust me when i say this i believe in you and i want you to succeed. Until next time, much love to you all. Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I truly hope you've learned something today about your body. And I know you're thinking of someone right now that would love to listen to this too. So go ahead and send it to them. Until next time, make sure to drink plenty of water, move your body and smile often.